Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Today, I'd like to for people to really think about how they speak about their animals and how they see them. Uh, Of late, I'm getting an awful lot of labelling of animals, which is, to put it politely, driving me insane. That was very polite. Really, it was. But also, people seem to be humanising their animals more and more and forgetting that they are a different species, where they came from and what they actually do to fit in. For example, the other day I was chatting with a woman with a rabbit and where she is, it's in a suburban and rabbits, there are a lot of um, rabbits actually in a suburban pets. Now, they've got a new cat in the area so that Rabbit had been outside and was now inside so that the neighbour's cat didn't kill it, which, yes, it's always a good idea not for the neighbour's cat to kill your rabbit, really. But, of course, the rabbit, having always been able to dig outside and chew roots and so forth, which is their natural behaviour, was starting to repeat the process inside and nearly um, electrocuted itself on the electrical cords. She's eventually now been smart and put them all in a um, in poly piping so that the rabbit can't get any more of the cords. But she was trying to have a whinge to me about the fact that the rabbit was um, scratching the floorboards trying to dig and chewing. Now, what exactly do you think rabbits do? This is the thing. They're not cute, fluffy pets. Um yeah, you know, I was talking to someone who works with rabbits intensely the other day and they were telling me that um, a lot of the international students have them and then at the end of their time they um, dump them down near the Balti Bridge is a very common spot for dumped rabbit ex-pets to fend for themselves. Now, if you're selling rabbits and you know someone is an international student, why are you selling the rabbit to them as a pet? No disrespect to international students, but if they're you know they're only staying in the country for a couple of years, why would you give them something that's likely to live six or seven years without a handover plan? These are the sorts of things we need to start thinking about and being a little more responsible about for the animal's sake. It's not fair to the animal to be hidden away from other people and put in a completely artificial environment, which all indoor rabbits are, uh, and then all of a sudden dumped out to fend for itself. And what horrified me even more was I spoke to someone who'd done just this and they 
they genuinely couldn't see anything the matter with the, um, with the scenario. Oh, it would probably be very happy being a wild rabbit, despite the fact that it was a dwarf loppy that had pretty much no survival instincts. We'd bred it out of it. So again, look at stuff from the rabbit's perspective rather than the humans. They're not human. If you want something that resembles a human, go and get yourself a robotic doll or something. Don't get another species and expect it to fit in to a human lifestyle. The same goes, um, very common one again, cats that spray. Now, sometimes, as I've said, the first thing I always say to people is go and get it tested for a UTI. Now, if it's not a UTI, you know, they label it as behavioral. Well, no, that's a cat being a cat, trying to communicate something to you. Your job should be to figure out what the problem is rather than just, oh, it needs happy pills which is what is generally done. It may well be that the cat's very fearful of something, not something that you can always do. It's often that the cat's in pain. And again, it's just going to be a sore, slightly happier cat. It can be and is often the fact that the cat isn't happy with the quality of the litter, big one being the cleanliness of the litter, because as one cat said to me once, if you go to a public toilet and it hasn't been flushed, you'll go and use another. Every single time your animal goes, it needs to be cleaned. Or the position of the litter, particularly if it's a fairly skittish cat, it's not going to like a litter box in the middle of a major traffic way. And these are the things that, again, we're blaming the cat or it's a bad cat because it hunts. A cat is an obligate carnivore. That's what they do. If you don't want to change litter and you don't like a cat that hunts, don't get a cat. Pretty simple. A cat is very good at being a cat. In the same way, a dog is exceptionally good at being a dog. And the amount of people... I had one guy in the street the other day, I don't think he'll do it again. In fact, I'm sure he won't, told me his dog was stupid. By the time I'd finished, I think he'd worked out that he was the stupid one. And in actual fact, it was a very, very smart dog. But he didn't understand what the dog was trying to communicate. He was setting the dog up to fail and then was blaming the dog. And he said to me, oh, it's stupid. It's always always sniffing. Uh, duh, he'd got a beagle. What do you think we've genetically programmed beagles to do? And of course, any dog when it's stressed is going to try and sniff more to release endorphins. And he's continuously telling this dog off for sniffing. And I said to him, do you know what they're used for? And he said, oh, yes, I know they're very clever because I, you know, they're used for drug stuff, but I don't want my dog to sniff. If you don't want a dog that sniffs, doesn't you know, sniff, don't get a dog. Oh, but I wanted a dog, not what can I offer the dog. See it from the dog's perspective. It was an incredibly smart, incredibly frustrated dog trying to do the right thing and continuously being yelled at and thumped by the guy. 
there's plenty of different training he could have chosen to do. I don't think he's ever going to do any training with that dog because he believes he should be able to pick up the dog when it suits him, take it out when it suits him and forget about the dog the rest of the time. And unfortunately, this isn't doesn't seem to be a one-off. I'm seeing a more and more people. Um, being blunt, I think it started with Tamagotchis and more and more people are starting to treat their animals as disposable entertainment like a Tamagotchi. You know, you collect it and then you just chuck it or discard it when you've had enough. And, of course, we're seeing so much of this with the so-called COVID puppies. Oh, I'm stuck at home. I want to go out. I'll get a dog. Now that I'm working again, oh, it's all too hard and I don't want to have to make the effort. The dog was no different than it was during COVID. You are the one that's changed. You've changed everything and now you're blaming the dog. Horses that don't perform to expectation. I had someone the other day told me the horse was lazy. The horse was not lazy. The horse was in a huge amount of pain. And it had been trying to tell this person for a very long time. But for him, he didn't want to have to do anything about it. Oh, what, you think I should get a vet out? No, I know you should get a vet out. Your horse is in pain. Oh, but that'll mean I won't be able to ride it, so I can't do that. And that sums it up. If there's a problem, I have to do something so it's much easier to label the horse as lazy. Never mind the fact that the horse has been doing its damnedest not to kill him. Um, It was a beautiful horse and I really, really hope he did something. But instead of listening to the horse and trying to figure out what the horse was trying to tell him, Many of you know I'm starting my guy under saddle. We're just walking, bit of trotting, nice, slow. He's 10, he's never had a saddle on his back. And he started two or three weeks ago. He wasn't happy. He was just swishing his tail at the trot and he did one little pig root. That was enough for me to know that there was something wrong. I knew Dakota wasn't being, you know, bad or bloody-minded or naughty or any of those labels that people try and put on him, so I called the vet. Sure enough, he'd done some damage to himself hooning around in the paddock, and because he changed shape so much, the saddle wasn't fitting optimally either. So we changed everything, and he's now a happy little Vegemite, and he's fabulous again. That's because I listened to what he was trying to tell me. And no, I didn't communicate. I simply knew my horse. My horse does not swish his tail or show signs of discomfort without a reason. A horse is very good at being a horse, and a horse is very good at protecting their human. Unfortunately, most humans don't want to acknowledge just how much their horse is doing for them. They seem to be a convenience factor more than anything else. In the same way, we label them, oh, it's not a dog slash cat, usually dog. It's a four-legged human. It's my fur kid or fur baby. What an incredible insult to an animal. Have a listen to yourself next time and really think about what you're saying. 
and what that says about you. Because I'm sorry, it doesn't say much. As one dog said to me last week when the owner said that, dog looked at me and said, if I had a litter, I can promise you none of my puppies would be that rude or that disrespectful. And I thought about it, I thought, you know what, you're right. This woman barges up to her dog when it's lying down, invades her space. That's incredibly disrespectful and rude. A lot of what we do and we take for granted is considered disrespectful or rude from the dog's perspective. Have a really good think about why you're saying it. And I think it really does show me just how much we've become urbanized to the animal's detriment. Um, the other one that got me the other day, I two um, cases in one day, and I thought, seriously, if I say something now, it's not going to come out well. But these people were using the word bully. Now, I'm sorry, but this woke generation don't cope with what they call bullying. But when you're starting to label animals bullies, I think the problem lies with you. One woman was had this little oh, Kelpie cross thing. She was living on a um, farm and or a farmlet, really. And the dog, um, she allowed it to bark at um, up and down the fence line, chasing the next door neighbor's uh, horses. Which to me, you know, I wouldn't have blamed the farmer if they'd shot the dog. One hundred percent her fault, not the dog's. She set the dog up to fail. Didn't put in any training or boundaries. But she then informed me that she was feeding these horses. She had carrots and she had some leftover bread and something else. I can't remember what it was now. So not only is she being incredibly disrespectful and potentially putting other animals at risk by feeding someone else's animals because she never asked the owner for permission. I asked her that. She didn't know whether either of those horses well, the three of them actually had gut problems. She could have been setting a horse off colicking. But no, she wanted to feed their horses because it made her feel good. Then she tells me that she doesn't like the way, and I quote, the horses try and bully her dog and chase at it when she's throwing food on the ground and her dog is getting into the horse's paddock whilst they're eating, disrupting the horses, and she's calling the horses bullies and wants me to do something about it. You can imagine my response. I had an email with a not-that-dissimilar situation with a cat. Either way, why would you let your animal into another animal's paddock that is not your own or feed someone else's animals without permission. And if you do have permission, why would you be feeding someone else's animals and allowing your animal to disturb and disrespect them, let alone calling it bullying? Now, so far, that dog hasn't been kicked very badly or hurt. I personally think it's only a matter of time, particularly looking at one of the geldings. He's pretty damn quick, and I suspect he'll stomp the dog. And when he does, because I do think it's a when and not an if, she's going to blame everybody but herself. And that I find the greatest tragedy of all. 
she is setting the animal up, her dog, up to fail. And when it does, she'll blame someone else. Go back and have a really good look at what farmers used to do. I'm not saying the good old days were always right, but they were much, much more enlightened about natural animal behaviour and appreciating animals for what they truly are, not what we as humans want them to be. So next time you go to say something about your cat, your dog, your horse, your central bearded dragon, lizard, whatever the animal is, have a really good think about why you're wanting something from that animal and how it's going to impact that animal through their natural behaviours. Try and see things through the animal's eyes rather than your own. You'll be doing that animal a far greater service than you can ever imagine. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking with the Animals. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you want to drop a review, I'd really appreciate it. If you'd like a topic you would like covered, please drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Stay safe. Enjoy this glorious weather while we have it. My heart goes out to all those people and animals affected by the floods. It's incredibly stressful for both humans and animals alike. If you can help someone out in need, please do so. And remember, until next time, talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.